people. Welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, joined by my dog, my oos, the divine voice himself, Henron. Yo, what's going on, my brother? What's going on, man? Welcome back once again. Uh, we have two two shows that we're going to talk about here today. SmackDown NXT. SmackDown continues to be pretty good. You know, some good action, but I felt NXT kind of dragged on a little bit this week. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't really feeling the NXT too much. I'm I'm kinda tired of this like, you know, the dragging out the the dragon off injury and postpone I, I don't know. That whole situation, the trick mellow situation is getting drug out a little too much. I ain't really feeling NXT lately. Um SmackDown wasn't bad. I'd I'd say it was like an upper mid. It wasn't like really good. It wasn't mid. It didn't suck by any means, but it was just like Upper mid, you feel? Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> um, so actually, before we get to the shows, we had a, a little like Thursday night special or whatever on Peacock, I guess. Uh, really, the only thing of note to come out of it is that Becky Lynch and Shinsuke Nakamura have declared for the Royal Rumble. Um, I feel like... I feel like there are some times where like we don't even need the people to declare because we just assume certain people are going to be in it. And and these two, I felt like we assumed are going to be in it, especially with Cody being in the Rumble. That's obvious for Shinsuke now to suddenly be in it, even if they quote unquote squash the feud before then, which they they they're going to drag this shit out way longer than they should. Um, and and Becky was obviously going to be in it. So thanks for the obvious, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I guess they want to put guarantees out there so that way you know, like, I'm going to see this person. I'm going to see this person, right? I, if you got favorites and things like that, it'll potentially probably help sell tickets because guaranteeing names is better than not. But I I like it and I don't like it because then it also, I like the surprise. That even if we know you know, Finn Balor's going to be in it or somebody like that. It's still nice when they come out and I'm like, oh, I didn't know, you know, he was going to be in it, even though you probably did. Yeah. And especially on the women's side, because we know that they like have to scrape together the entire fucking roster to get 30 goddamn women. So it's like, okay, yes, Becky Lynch is going to be in it. If there's a name that's like any, is that all recognizable on the roster? they're either going to be in it or they're going to be wrestling whoever has the title in that same show. In the case of Nia Jax, or if Io ends up with a match or something, like maybe we're going to get Io Bianca, I don't know. Um, no, no, because Bianca already declared, well, she declares in this episode for the Royal Rumble. But yeah, you can, you can assume that literally every woman in the roster is going to be in the Rumble. Yeah, they, they just have to be. You know, I, and I think, some women are probably working double duty as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, kind of, I hope not. Hope not, Nia Jax. I th- let let Nia and Rhea go at it in their own match. I don't. I don't need Nia in the Rumble. I've like I've said, I love Nia in this whole uh, return for her and everything, and you know, busting up Becky's face again. But yeah, I don't. I don't need Nia in the Rumble. I feel like uh, they're going to start the show with the women's rumble. Usually with these long matches, they like to sandwich them in. 
So I could see them doing like a women's rumble and maybe people, maybe they would keep the challengers out of it then. Cause then they, you know, Oh, she was tired, but then that'd be a good excuse if like Bianca wins and I don't know. Yeah. And then I would follow that up with the U S title match. Cause I feel like that's going to be a banger. And then that would be like a nice flow. Like in case the women's rumble is kind of mad. Cause it, sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's kind of mad. And then follow that up immediately with a banger. Exactly. So, all right, let, let's jump into the meat of this episode. I, I want to jump to the end. Cause like, I wasn't really feeling the result of this. Um, you know, all right, so we get vignettes throughout the night. Each each one of the dudes in the triple threat gets a vignette. So Randy gets his, AJ Style gets his, and LA Knight gets his. And it's basically just like, you know, we got we got history, we got beef with Roman, blah, blah, blah. And then we get the triple threat match. I'll let you go through the match. But ultimately, it ends in a no contest because Roman and the homeboys come out and destroy everybody. And all this is like, congratulations, it's now a fatal four-way at... Uh, Royal Rumble for the the title, and I'm like, that was just fucking lazy booking. Like, I don't. I've seen people love it, and I've seen people hate it. I'm really not into it, dude. Yeah, it was kind of weird the way they set everything up. We, you know, I guess you could kind of see that that's where they were going, and I guess maybe they're trying to do something different, but it's still the same thing of. Roman and his homeboys messing up a match at the end and we don't have a clean result because that's literally how any match that he even has a hair in. Um, but this this was extremely fun at the start, in my opinion. I feel like it kind of lulled in the middle because it kind of became a one-on-one match between LA Knight and AJ, AJ Styles and Randy just kind of chilled on the outside, which with his health and stuff like that, it kind of made sense. But it was still very fun at the start. It was just a chop fest. Everybody was just chopping the hell out of each other in each corner. Eventually, we got to the outside. And Aldis was out there watching the entire match. Like, just, just standing there. He wasn't on commentary. Like, you, you could have been on, on commentary at least. It was just weird that he was just standing there the entire time watching. Which makes it even weirder when... You know, everybody comes out bloodline style and they just start beating everybody up. And he's he's still like very, very interesting events that are occurring upon us. Like, like, bro, but the one of the best moments of the match, they all are fighting at the announce table. Randy's trying to do the basketball head stomps on L.A. Knight, but he can't do it. And L.A. Knight ends up getting the yeah chance as he's bouncing Randy's head off the table. He hits AJ style with it. And then Randy comes out of nowhere and hits the, the backdrops onto the table. He gets one on night, gets one on AJ, gets one on night again. And then he's trying to get one on AJ. AJ flips over him, reverses it and hits the backdrop on him. And this was probably the hypest the entire match was really, um, and, you know, they eventually get inside the ring. Randy gets kind of kicked out. It's kind of more of a one-on-one match here between AJ Styles and LA Knight. And it's what you'd expect from an LA Knight match, right? But it, it wasn't that bad, right? Like, it, if it continued to be a triple threat, I feel like it could have been better. But it just kind of was a little bit. When Randy got back in the ring, things picked up, obviously. Uh, he hit, like, you know, his double quick power slam spot. 
there was a bunch of counters um i think the rko got countered by la knight into the bft and he was about to get the win but aj grabbed the ref's hand so that was a wild near fall uh then we get some more one-on-one action we get a nice springboard 450 from styles and the way his hair like they showed it in slow motion and the way his hair hit his face as he jumps off the top rope he's literally like he literally can't see his opponent as he's jumping so i that's that's just that's just wild to me and then as i think maybe the 450 busted la night open he's just bleeding out of nowhere and aj styles is like cool i'm gonna punch that spot <laughs> for no reason <laughs> so so that was uh that was great and then um aj styles trying to set up for the phenomenal forearm but it gets countered into an rko and again looks like we have the one two three but la knight pulls the ref out of the ring this time to stop the count from happening and this is where eventually we get Roman coming out, they start beating everybody down. I felt that they beat up Randy Orton the most. They hit him with the stairs, they hit him with the spike spear combo. And then Aldous is kind of watching. He walks over to Paul Heyman. He tries to grab him, and Paul Heyman's like, Don't touch me. <laughs> like, try to walk away from him. And then he's like, No, I got to tell you something. And then he's like, Tell Roman after he's done celebrating that he's going to be having, you know, a four-way match at the Rumble or something like that. Honestly, on the playback that I watched, the freaking show cut off before he finished talking. So I'm like, I can assume what the hell he said, but like, that's cool. Like, maybe have done that in a better manner, but cool, I guess. I, I watched it live, and for at least for me, live, it didn't cut off, but... um. Yeah, I just uh, a few things. So the match was really good. Okay, the the match for me was was match of the night. I really enjoyed the content of the match, but this was one of those moments where like sometimes LA Knight looks pretty good, and sometimes when you stick him in the ring with two other people, in particular AJ fucking Styles, the phenomenal one, and Randy Orton, like. He kind of comes across as the worst wrestler in the ring, and he kind of is. No offense to him. Like, it's just not his, you know, that that's not, he, he's a, amazing on the microphone and amazing with the crowd and all that kind of shit. Like, he's not, he's not the greatest wrestler in the company by any means. And sometimes it stands out more than others, and I just felt like this was one of those times that it kind of stood out a lot. Um so that that's part of it. The other part is like, I don't actually understand why Roman and the bloodline went out. Like what I don't what what was even the point of that? I personally wanted Randy to win, and i I wanted Randy versus Roman, um because we've had Roman versus AJ and Roman versus l a Knight in since the time that Randy went down. So Randy Roman, you know, I don't even remember if we had it, and if we did, I don't remember what it looked like. So that's what I wanted. Whereas, like these kind of just mess matches, like it, it, man, like I'm not, I'm not nearly as excited to see this fatal four way as I would have been Randy Roman. Yeah, um, I I agree and disagree simultaneously. I'm 
I'm excited that we do get to see the four-way just because as far as entertainment-wise and the people we have wrestling, we we can still have a long match with a whole bunch of story and shit, but we don't have to have all of those dull moments when you know it's slow headlocks you know they're just beating up one guy somebody's always going to be in there rotating and it's it's going to be constant action so i feel like match wise it's going to be great story wise yeah like it would have made more sense for it to be randy i don't think that they did wrestle i believe randy got taken out part of the tag team um when he was with riddle and it was like, you know, going for the Usos. I thought that that is what, what occurred. I don't think he was challenging Roman. So Randy Roman would have been what I would want. But I feel like this can lead us into future challengers for Roman. You know, There's some other people we'll talk about later here on the show, potentially as well. But I'd like to see, like, you know, everybody now can say, Besides LA Knight, who probably is going to get pinned, but Randy and AJ, they could be like, well, I wasn't pinned. I didn't technically lose. I should get my solo match because I still deserve it and potentially fight their way or, you know, negotiate their way into a singles match on the way to Mania if they get Roman to wrestle more than one time after this before Mania. So uh, the funny thing is, is I took it as the exact opposite. I took it as in, yo, this dude's going to have the belt until Mania and then not after that. So like, we got to wrap this shit up, B. You know what I mean? Like they they had three plot lines kind of going on with the AJ, the LA Knight and the the Randy Orton. And they're like, yo, we got to wrap all three of these motherfuckers up at once, dude. And that's that's kind of how this almost came about. Because especially with The Rock coming in, right? So there have been a lot of talks. There's no, I think, you know, any official rumor or anything of what's happened. But I've seen a lot of people saying that it would make more sense for Roman Rock to be at Elimination Chamber. Because <clears throat> the arena that they're going to have that in can actually hold like 60,000 fucking people. So it's basically going to be like a second WrestleMania. Um, so in that regard, like, okay, maybe you do have rock Roman at elimination chamber. So they had to wrap these up because they couldn't give LA Knight a rematch at elimination chamber. They couldn't give AJ styles a rematch at elimination chamber. They're not going to be able, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like all this shit kind of hurried and they're like, okay, we got to wrap up these three plot lines, start the next plot line. Maybe it's rock Roman at elimination chamber. And then Cody finishes the story at mania. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that as well because, you know, that definitely would make sense, get shit cleaned up so we can start moving on to these bigger and better things. And and another thing that I saw was like uh, Australia, in, they could have used The Rock in negotiation tactics to get like record-breaking money out of Australia for Elimination Chamber. Sure. So, and I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the dollar bills, y'all. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. But, uh, all right, so let's let's head back towards the beginning of this show. Uh, I just want to call out the lovely moment where Roman shows up 
and uh, we've got Kayla like trying to interview him, but her microphone's off. And then Roman just laughs. So we got to assume that it was like asking him about the rock and he just laughed it off. But, you know, her microphone is off. So that we'll never fucking know. And then we get right into the first match, dude. We get KO for Santos to determine the numero uno contenderale. I don't know. I just made that shit up um, for the for the U.S. title. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a very cute segment at the start. I definitely feel like he was supposed to answer that question or something along those lines, and then maybe he so he realized like she wasn't heard and he just played he just played with it you know like yeah i'm not gonna talk either you know we're not gonna say shit in this segment it's a cut <laughs> and he just walked off and even Heyman just followed his lead just gave him the look um but yeah we jumped i, I kind of like the pacing of this show as well because we we got that cute little clip and then we jumped right into kevin owens coming out Santos coming out with his uh, new homeboys, Angel and Umberto, no last names uh, noted. So I don't know if they've lost lost their last names or if that's just, you know, what they call them at this moment in time. But it started off hot. Oh, and we also had Logan Paul on a commentary. He came out to watch as well. And match started out hot because Kevin Owens wasn't wasn't playing any of the bullshit. And he just started uh going in on santos it ended up being a true one-on-one match because what the hell joaquin wilde and cruz del toro from lwo came out and took out angel and umberto so you know there was no ringside assistance in this match for santos at this time and kevin owens still has his little weird cast on that's that's not like a real cast but you know his hands still broken y'all um but yeah, he fucking super kicks the guy, cannonballs the guy, hits the frog splash for like in the first five seconds, you know, for the two count. And he just starts beating this man's ass. Logan Paul is just insulting him on the mic. And, you know, things finally turn around when Santos just starts working on the hand. The crowd was pretty hype. They were just random Logan sucks chants throughout the match. And then one time the announcer was like, uh, those those chants are saying Logan sucks. If anybody was curious, like, I don't think you need to put the guy on blast like that. But, you know, we appreciate that. Uh, there was a nice little spot when Santos was coming off the top trying to take out Kevin Owens and he got crotched into atomic drop and Kevin Owens hit like a one arm DDT and just fucking spiked the guy really nice. Um, but yeah, Kevin was selling his hand hard. Logan Paul was taking notes. He said, that tells me he's got no pain tolerance. So (laughs) he's taking notes and potentially getting ready for his future opponents at the Rumble for his title match, because uh, that's the winner of this match will end up facing. Cute little spot. They're fighting up top, and Santos is trying to give him a superplex. And Corey Graves is like, Logan never tried to give Kevin Owens a superplex. And Logan Paul's like, why? And Kevin Owens counters it into a fucking nasty fisherman buster like he always does. And Corey Graves is like, that's why. So I love that. Love that spot. He hit like a swanton off the apron. Uh, he tried to hit one in the ring, but he got his knees up. Santos hit a big run off the ropes. He hits a frog splash. That's another two count. And then we get like a wild little sequence to finish the match. 
when they end up back on the top rope or the second rope, I should say, Owens has him up in the fireman's carry on top of his shoulders, does a forward roll, you know, rolling Santon off the second rope, tries to hit the stunner, it gets countered. Um, I think Santos tries to hit a super kick, it gets countered. Then KO hits the super kick, tries to hit a pop-up power bomb that gets countered into a Rana. And then he ends up hitting the pop-up power bomb after that, hits the stunner for the actual one, two, three. Kevin Owens moves on for the heavy or the US heavyweight championship title match at the Royal Rumble. And then they give a mic to Logan Paul so he can go get some Canadian heat, but doesn't get too much as he starts talking. And KO just punches him the hell out. And that was pretty much the end of that. Yeah, and then as we see on uh, social media later on, uh, KO legitimately punched him in the face. Logan had a pretty serious black eye. I don't know if you saw that. I did. He said something like, he really got me with that one or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yes, he did. He got pretty fucked up there. And like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, like, we all hate Logan Paul, but Canada really hates Logan Paul. He didn't He didn't need to, like, egg that heat on. Like, him, him existing was enough heat. Yeah, they were, like, just upset that he existed. Like, he literally wasn't doing anything for them multiple times in the match to just start chanting, Logan sucks. Like, he literally wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was interesting. But I'm really glad that KO won here. Um again, a really good match. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed this one and I think I'm going to enjoy KO Logan Paul even more. Um you know, I it, I think we're all kind of assuming that it's going to trend towards LA Knight Logan Paul um at Mania probably, but KO Logan Paul will be a banger. And I, I'd rather see it on KO. Like, I don't know. Something, something's declining with, with LA Knight for me. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but like, I, I kind of I kinda want it to be KO. Yeah, I think, uh, I think KO's winning. Ooh, I like that. I, I don't... I don't have as much faith. I want to. I want to feel the way that you feel about this. I, we're going to get a great match, but I just, I don't feel like it's going to be that way. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I could see them continuing to hold it on uh, Paul and the things we could do with that and the people, other people that could take it off of him. But I feel like, we either give it to Kevin Owens and he goes on a tear because he's kind of there right now. He's kind of got the hype and the momentum to go on a nasty four-month tear right into WrestleMania to put on a stunner for the title. Or he loses and he disappears for a little bit because if he's not you know, basically in a title picture or something like that, I think he's honestly just wasting his time. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, 
Logan Paul is interviewed uh, right after the match, uh, but he gets saved from actually doing anything in the interview by uh, Grayson Walla and Austin Theory, who are like, "Can't can't you see what happened? Like he, he he's in no no state for an interview right now." And then randomly, Cameron Grimes shows up to get shoved by Grayson Waller. So I was like, "I don't I don't understand what's going. Are are we going to get like KO Grimes versus?" Theory Waller, I'm I'm really confused at what why that happened. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. Didn't Grimes already get like his ass beat by these guys like multiple times? That's what I thought. So, but I assume we're gonna get. Uh, I mean, it looks like we're getting a little faction. You know what I'm saying? Theory Waller Paul, right? It looks like that's gonna be a little faction. Um, it's gotta lead to something. With I don't know, man. We've got all these like trio groups now. Just fucking saying, it'd be really nice if there was. Hmm, I don't know a belt for them. That would be extremely nice, but let's see if they ever pulled the fucking trigger on that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess no. Even though in this next uh segment, so we we get a segment with Bobby Lashley coming out with the Street Profits talking about how 2023 didn't turn out quite how he wanted. Uh, He apparently likes the Street Profits today. He's hyping them up. And I'm like, why the fuck does Tez have one glove on? It's really weird. (laughs) Um, They they let Tez and and, uh, Dawkins talk for a little bit. Uh, They're coming for the tag titles. Bobby declares for the Royal Rumble. And then, and then the new trio that we have. So Karrion Cross shows up. With Scarlett, who I almost didn't even recognize because she dyed her hair brown, and Paul Ellering. And then meanwhile, Authors of Pain come up and ambush the prophets from behind in the ring, and then we get a little brawl. So here we go with another trio faction that we kind of knew was coming, but now it's official. Although I don't know if we knew about the Paul Ellering part. That that one kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. So a few things, few things to note here on this one. Uh, starting back when the prophets and Bobby first came out, you know, they're hyping up Bobby. Bobby's getting a uh, chance from the crowd. Uh, there was a, a pause by Tez to let the crowd chant for Bobby. Another instance where it looked like he was about to talk, and then the crowd was going to chant for something, and he stopped and kind of let it go on. So I, I, I 100% feel like somebody backstage is like, if that's about to happen. You fucking let it happen. Like I feel like CM Punk. Been, if anybody said it, it was him. Yeah, like there's there's somebody backstage has been guiding, and things have been better. Um, like, as we'll see here as well with with the later match that I was extremely surprised about. But before we get into that, um, I was, I I figured this is where we were gonna see Cross and AOP, and I was you know. Wondering how this was going to play out. You know, we at least now we know that we have Street Profits and Bobby on the face side, which is great. Again, when and then we had Cross and them come out. I didn't, uh, I was like, I thought she changed her hair. I forgot her name in this instance. Uh, Cross's woman, Scarlett Bard, Bord, Bordeaux. I don't know. There you go. She changed her hair. They had, I was surprised to see the old man Ellering as well. There was issues with um them moving up originally from nxt back when nxt what didn't really travel or i don't know if nxt even does travel but how it's just in the performance center he liked that because he was he could just stay there 
So I'm surprised to see him up on the main roster because traveling city to city was an issue for him. So I'm I'm curious as to what was worked out just on a on a side note. Yeah, like, man, he got an extra zero at the end of his paycheck, probably. Pretty much, right? But they said four years since we saw these guys. And they came in, they beat this shit out of everybody. They hit their super collider, which is it sounds cool, looks pretty it's cool. Dumb. <laughs> but the the thing right here that this man carrying cross he is an actual person now he's been erased off the list of hatred and there's now a question mark next to his name will i be a fan what the hell was this new finisher that he had he picked him up into like a pump handle had him on the shoulder like a power slam but instead of like flipping him downwards he like threw him sideways like an f5 onto like his face and bobby just landed like on his neck and shoulder it looked disgusting what the hell is that dude i don't i don't know uh i definitely caught my eye i my only thing about it is i i worry first off i'm impressed he hit it on bobby okay yeah and then after that, I'm like, like you've said in the past, have a finisher that you could hit on almost everybody. Can he hit that on almost everybody? I don't know. I mean, if he could hit it on Bobby, I don't think he's legitimately going to be wrestling anybody bigger than Bobby on that on in, anytime soon. At least not he on is a pretty roster. big dude himself too. So, yeah, I I don't I don't know I. I'm willing to give this a shot. I, I'm just really impressed with like, again, like how hard, if you really look at people in WWE that the company has tried so hard to, to get over and to make popular and, and, and to get eyes on, there's not many people that they've tried harder with then carrying cross and now like the fact that they just gave him his own faction and they 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 you know did whatever they had to do to get ellering involved and like they're really all in on this dude and it just like out of all the people to go all in on i'm just like him yeah they've really 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 tried to make this guy stick and I mean, maybe they got something this time. Third time's a charm. Maybe, and maybe, maybe he just needed this. This whole I don't know. I I'm gonna give it a try. Like uh, I'm skeptical, so I I don't know. I might be slightly biased, but like I'm I'm gonna do my best to be open for it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how much they let him talk as well. Hopefully, his girl and Ellering do the talking. I feel like that might behoove him as well. I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I feel like they brought Ellering into the picture because they're like, eh, maybe maybe this guy like can only kind of talk sometimes, you know. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, next up. We we actually had a, a pretty good women's match here. I don't think we had a bad match on this show, to be honest with you. Um, we had Mi Chin versus Io Sky, and I, I kind of enjoyed it, dude. Yeah, like, this match was, like, this is the match I was talking about, was surprisingly extremely, like, just great. 
I almost wanted to give it match of the night. Um, the first match was really good. It was really fun. Um, the the last match was really good. It was really fun as well. I think just because of potentially the lack of star power in this match, that it didn't really do it. You know, didn't really push the edge. But for content in between the ropes, this m- might have been the best match on the show. But man, I was not, I was not expecting that. Um, EO is just in there being EO. She's just effortless in everything that she does. Um, there was a little bit of a struggle, especially the early, early on in the match. It kind of seemed a little, little sloppy. You know, they kind of were feeling each other out at the start. And speaking of the start, Michin came out with the OC. Gallows and Anderson, the Good Brothers. When was the last time we seen those guys? That's gonna be the first and the last time we see those fools all year. Like that's exactly what happened in twenty three. So we'll, that was wild in itself. And you know, I kind of felt like this title match was kind of wild and out of nowhere. But you know, we needed to see something like this. There was a disgusting move when Meechin had EO in the corner. She split both of her legs on the second rope and then hit a lung blower, you know, code breaker, double knees to the chest. That was pretty disgusting. Hit a nice little single leg crab after that. Um, we got probably spot of the match here when they're kind of fighting on the apron. EO ducks and gets behind Meechin and just hits a beautiful bridging German. Just perfect arc on her back and just drops this girl on the back of her head and neck on the apron. God, it was so good. She hits the springboard shotgun drop kick and just kicks this girl's head off. It was great. Uh, knees her up when she tries to hit the moonsault. And then Meechin hits a dragon suplex and just throws this chick back on her head and sh- neck. Man, like that was great. Got some pin reverses. You know, she gets a couple double knees. But we're getting up. We're on the second rope. Meechin hits a fucking second rope styles clash on fucking EO. And like she had just put her hand on the rope. Nobody's kicking out of that. So they had to protect that move. Um we get this spot where I don't know what happened, but EO rolls out of the ring and Meechin's gonna hit a dive. And she fully commits on this dive. Meet or EO moves out the way, and Meechin just fucking eats the outside. No catch, no nothing. And then she barely can even roll over to the barricade and eats fucking double knees from uh, EO. Gets thrown into the ring, eats the double knees, eats the moonsault. One, two, three, and she's still the champion. No damage control, no help. She did it all by herself. Yeah, I I enjoyed this. The Styles Clash caught me kind of off guard, and and that was one of those like jump out of your seat moments that I wasn't expecting. That I was like, wow, it's, I, I I could see more of this, you know. And I I would. That's why I said I would love to see like her and Zelina Vega team up for not not permanently, but you know for a little bit just to get because we don't get a ton of Mi Chin action, and she can she can go, you know. Yeah, yeah, she's great. So I don't know if we need to like is is AJ even associated them anymore? Like now that he wears like, you know, uh 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 like fucking black dockers to wrestle in. Like I is yeah. is he still with them? Like 
I don't know. I thought he was still kind of the leader of the OC, but I'm I'm sure we're going to get either after the Rumble or before sometime around the Rumble, we're going to get him like, no, guys, you just aren't doing it right for me or some crap, you know? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, to to piggyback off this match and, and Damage Control not being there, EO goes backstage and gets praised by Damage Control. They're all about it uh, when Bianca shows up to spoil the party. And this is when she declares that she's entering the Royal Rumble so she can win her belt back. Um, and, you know, she walks off and, and EO says like one word and then Dakota translates it into an entire paragraph about how Bailey needs to take care of this being the leader and all this shit and, and everything like she she needs to take care of Bianca. So we're going to get Bailey Bianca again. Yay. Yeah, Bailey Bianca, we know. Obviously, Bianca's winning that, so it'll be interesting to see how this damage control storyline plays out. I, I did love that same thing as well. When EO says like one thing, and then Dakota's like, yeah, it's not good for you at all, Bailey, you know? <laughs> yeah, like she turned it into a novel, bro. That's just hilarious to me. But yeah, you know, we'll see. I feel like... This roster is kind of slim. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like we, we get a lot of damage control and, you know, and Bianca or Bailey or Meechin. Like, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of women on the SmackDowns roster. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I, well, the, the party girls can appear there now as well. Um, and aren't the aren't the witches appearing on SmackDown? Yeah, I forgot about the witches. They should be more present here. So yeah, we we've got we've got some juice going there, you know. And, and uh, I guess this is one of the points that we can insert news that I'm incredibly excited about is that uh, Julia will be heading to NXT apparently. So I know that her stardom contract is up in March. Uh, and then she's apparently going to take a little bit of time off to work on her English before appearing in NXT. And uh, I don't think she's going to be there too terribly long. I think she's going to have like one of these uh, Asuka-esque runs in there, but a, an abbreviated run where she just comes in, wins the belt, nobody can even come close to her, and then eventually she'll make it to the main roster. And this would be a brilliant place to insert her i actually don't want her in the uh the the japanese girl group i want her opposite of it because i i think that's part of it is like she wants to face these girls uh instead of be their friends so like yeah i'm all for that for those of you who do not know who julia is uh she is the top dog in stardom uh, pretty much the top women's Japanese wrestling company. She is absolutely incredible. Um, she she might be. Uh, she could probably go up there for a top female wrestler in the world. Like she she is up there with Rhea and whatnot. Now, obviously, Japanese wrestling is very different. It's a lot more brutal. Um, and they do a lot of shit that WWE would never allow. 
um, to be quite honest. But like, and you know, you see a lot of these high-end Japanese female wrestlers retiring in their early 30s. So maybe Julia sees that and she's like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind wrestling until I'm like 38 or so. And like, maybe, maybe drag my career out a little bit longer. But sounds like she's on the way. And dude, that that's going to be amazing. You know, bring Jade in the mix, bring Julia in the mix. Like, Dude, this this women's division of just all not not just SmackDown or Raw or anything, the entire women's division in WWE, I'm so excited for. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. And I'm I'm hoping we see some big reveals during the fucking rumble. Um like let's let's show us what we got going into the year. You don't gotta put them on TV right now. You don't gotta do anything major, but just give me a taste of what what's to come later this year that's what i'm really hoping for yeah yeah and i do hope that they they like find a nice middle ground with julia of like okay maybe so she does you know for those of you that watch aew you know the v trigger she does the g trigger where she literally just knees girls heads off like their heads whip back so fucking hard like there's no way that they're gonna let her do that and like she has all these different types of drivers and whatnot which probably you know maybe let's find some some modified versions of them that she can do but like she's not she's not Rhea Ripley big by any means but she whips these girls around the ones that are even quite a bit bigger than her like they're absolutely nothing and then just drops them on their neck like she is psycho and i fucking love it like it's gonna be so good yeah i'm i'm very excited and i do feel at least with the quote-unquote newer nxt you know no events you know kind of lately they've been letting letting things go a little bit more, right? So I'm hoping that, you know, they can lean into that a little bit more as well and let these people do what they're good at, right? Yeah, and like I said, I think there's a nice middle ground to be found, you know? Like, some of them are a little bit brutal, and I agree, you know, just for the sake of longevity and, and, you know... Sometimes it doesn't even really add anything to go to that level of brutality. I, I feel like you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, and it doesn't even need to be done. Because, I mean, let's face it, like the WWE product right now, main roster wise, is like very watered down to com- compared to, you know, there, there are no pile drivers. Pedigree has had to be significantly modified. Although, but they did just let uh, Angel Garza do do a double underhook Tiger Driver in uh, in NXT. So, but like I said, I'm sure there's a nice middle ground. Hopefully, they work towards finding that. Especially now that with Vince kind of out of the way, you've got real wrestlers in charge of everything with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and then the rumors that maybe CM Punk will take over after Shawn Michaels decides to call it a day, which would be really interesting. So. You know, maybe maybe that's the change that we needed. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. Only time could tell. So we we got another segment here. We had Paul Heyman speaking on behalf of everybody. He gets asked about the whole Rock situation and him being the head of the table, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yo, the Rock ain't even invited to the table. Uh, I, I love the line here where he goes, you know, there are two ways to go viral these days date taylor swift 
or call out Roman Reigns. He goes through all the big names that have called him out recently. The Rock, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. And uh, none of them can beat our tribal chief. So he's just kind of, you know, acknowledging, no pun intended, the whole Rock situation. And I feel like the more they acknowledge the situation, the more likely that this is going to end in a match. Oh, yeah, for sure. We know we're getting this match. It's just when, where, and for what. And you know what? I've, I still think the best way to do it would be double, double book them night one and night two of WrestleMania. But uh, now knowing the size of the arena that, that they're going to be in in Perth for Elimination Chamber, um, I, I'm, I'm open to it. And, you know, I heard somebody say it, and I, I'll agree with this. Like, it would be nice to have other PLEs feel important enough that, like, a, a match the size of Rock Roman can't only happen at WrestleMania. Because I feel like that's how we got into the situation that we're in with Roman. Now that the reign has been so long, it's like, there's no way he could lose it at anything other than WrestleMania. But maybe this is the start of, okay, maybe we do build up some of these events so that way maybe you got Elimination Chamber and then maybe like SummerSlam that these things can also happen at, you know? Yeah, that that would be something for them to do. Um, but I think this, all the things that they said, quote-unquote, about this match in the past and like the hint that they threw on the TV show, I think that they want this to happen at Mania. So I, I think that's probably what we're getting. And and it's what's even funnier, it's Mania in Philly. Wasn't it the 2015 Royal Rumble in Philadelphia when I think uh, Roman won and the crowd booed him so bad they sent The Rock out there to make the crowd happy and they even booed The Rock. So I like (laughs) (laughs) full circle moment. You know, I feel like that's just that's poetic. Yeah, uh, we've got one more match to cover. And this segment comes after the match. But I just want to get this segment out of the way. It's a really weird fucking segment where we got Ashanti the Adonis uh, in Aldis's office and he's having like a therapy session he's like yeah man i i don't i don't know where my place is here and you know but i don't want anybody to feel sorry for i just i just want an opportunity and and nick aldis has some idea like what the fuck was what was this dude it's it's showing that uh nick aldis has an open door office policy and he's always there take care of the wrestlers in case they have any any gripes or grievances it's a a safe and healthy workspace it's just another example of nick aldis being a better boss than uh adam pierce that's all (laughs) Uh, i'm actually gonna say that he doesn't have an open door policy because uh Chelsea Green would would already be in there if it was like it's probably open door to everybody except for chelsea yeah, 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 yeah. He he actively dodges her. Like he he knew she was coming. He's like, I'm just gonna go stand by the ring during this match. I don't think she'll know I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, I, but I guess we're gonna get Ashanti the Adonis back in action. We're gonna see, you know, him in the ring at some point on the main roster. Uh, 
but uh, you know th- that was one of those guys where we were like, were they released? I don't know. I can't remember. No, they got rid of everybody around him. They got rid of rid of Trick. Well, not Trick. What the hell do they call him? Swerve? Or I swear they had a different name for him. Um, no, Swerve. Swerve. Swerve is in AEW. Uh, but he was he was part of the the foursome with Top Dollar and B Fab. But they got rid of him first, and they got rid of Top Dollar. B Fab is still milling about. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I doubt it'll be anything interesting. But what was interesting is we finally have the big strong boy up on the main roster. So I I bet I bet you were kind of conflicted in this match a little bit, but I bet you were super excited for it. We had pretty deadly versus initially Butch and question mark, and it turned out to be a British strong style Tyler Bate and Butch in action against pretty deadly. So, yeah, I was excited. Yes, boy. But they honestly were like just jobbers, really. Like anybody could have played the role that they played. They didn't do much action or anything. They were just there to facilitate the return of or the not not the return or the debut of Tyler Bate to the main roster, which, you know, we'll talk about it because that's what this match was. It was showing us off. You know, Butch's new friend, Butch and Bait, is what I've been uh, I've been referring to them in my head. And um, it took a while for the crowd to get into it, but the crowd did get into it. There was, you know, they were pretty much dead for the first half of the match, and then there was the hot tag to Tyler Bate, and I was like, this is the moment where, you know, the crowd gets hype and they get into the match because it's the big comeback. And the crowd's dead at first, um, but he's slowly winning the crowd over as he hits all of his moves. They really got into it as he hit his um, airplane spin. They, I was like, they're going to love this shit because they love the Cesaro big swing. So they got to love this shit. And so they got real hyped for that shit. The crowd actually got into it. So I, I feel like they might actually do more with the kid because he was able to get the crowd into him. As as well as he did during this match, I feel like they noticed that, and they've clearly been a big fan of this guy since he was nineteen, as he was the youngest first NXT UK championship or whatever the hell he was. But they had some nice tag team moves. Uh, Bait hit his little recoil clothesline where he bounces his neck off the ropes and hits the clothesline, while Butch hit like an exploder suplex combo deal. That was pretty nasty. Um, but for the finish, they were calling it a double Tyler Driver 97. It was essentially just they both each caught an underhook and, you know, flipped him into a powerbomb on each side of him instead of, you know, it was a nice little powerbomb combo deal. But yeah, that's how they got the victory. And looks like we got a new tag team in the mix. Maybe we'll see them in the Dusty uh, Classic. Maybe, but... We do know that Tyler Bate is officially on the main roster, so they're investing in this. Like He's been put on the SmackDown website as being on the SmackDown roster. Um, 
You know, when they had that like contract signing for the Creed Bros on Raw, like I wish they would do more of that. Like I wish I wish there was a nice moment where like especially somebody like Tyler Bate who's been in NXT for what feels like forever. I mean, he's still young, but he's been in NXT for a long ass fucking time at this point and like on TV in NXT for a long ass time. But like hasn't this this is his first like actual appearance on the main roster and for people like that i feel like it would be really cool to actually have like a contract signing on to smackdown it doesn't need to be long or anything but like i don't know i think it would be cool yeah like um they had time during this shit yeah and it could have been uh, uh, 30 seconds you know it it could have been just the same length and or sh- slightly shorter than the uh, Ashanti the Adonis segment that we didn't need. Yeah, but I was about to say, we could have cut that shit out. I don't, I don't know what the hell. Like, unless they're bringing fucking top dollar or somebody back. Like, what the hell do we care about these people? Right. I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But hey, we're getting it. Um, all right. Let's let's take a quick, quick circle around NXT here. So uh, we had a. Uh, uh, a championship match. Blair Davenport finally got her match for being the women's iron survivor against Lyra Valkyria. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling this. I, I, I even texted you. I was like, uh, Lyra was like kind of pretty bad in this. Like her selling is, is really, really bad. Like she got hit with a gigantic Falcon arrow and, she just like got up right away and then like rolled out of the ring. And I was like, uh, okay, if you want to find a way to roll out of the ring, go for it. But like, you literally got up like you weren't even affected and then got back down and rolled out of the ring. Like, that was so fucking bad, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think she's the best women's champion that we've had on NXT in recent times. And, the recent times, like I feel like there's just the whole recent era after we've had that last quote unquote class of like Bianca Belair and you know EO, like that Rhea, yeah, like it's just kind of Liv Morgan, you know, it's just kind of gone to where we're at now. But that's a name that I, I want to see in the Rumble, yeah, yeah, hopefully she's back by then. Um. Yeah, but this match, this match fucking sucked. So, well, I, all right, it didn't suck. Uh, maybe that's they tried. Bit, yes. Like, it, it, it was nice a little bit. Blair, Blair wasn't bad. You know, she's growing on yeah. me, but this women's division, Lola Vice still, uh, still exists. We learned that, you know, and she still has a contract. We learned that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a money in the bank. You could just run the fuck in and cash it in. I didn't know that. Apparently, I didn't either. So I don't know if that's new. I mean, it's not like they've been doing this breakout thing for a while. This is what the second one, but I don't remember the last one being like that. Yeah, I, I don't either. So like, that's okay, right? Um, if I was like, if that's how it works, if I'm Oba Femi, like I'm gonna go walk into the doctor's office with broke ass dragon off. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Although. Ooh, think about this. We could end up getting Obafemi Trick Williams. That'd be wild. That would be pretty wild. Uh, let, let's jump to that, actually. So we we had the final match 
for the men's breakout tournament. And we had the live wire, Riley Osborne. <laughs> God, I fucking hated that. Versus Oba Femi. And, uh, dude, I don't think pop up power bombs will ever look the same to me again. Like, even when like KO's doing them, I'm I just like Oba Femi, he literally just like throws grown ass men like they're children. The guy's a beast, man. I, as soon as I saw that guy, I, I was a fan. I was hooked. And I, this guy strapped the rocket to his back to the top. Um, the w- small thing that I liked before we got into the match, they showed a backstage segment with Thea Hale and homeboy Chase U, Livewire, Osborne. And I guess they high-fived and she's super excited. You know, oh my God, I'm never going to wash my hand, right? She was super excited about that. And Booker T, like, it's just kind of like an awkward pause. And Booker T's like, somebody get her a cigarette. And, and the other, the other <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, the other commentator's like, oh, no, I, we don't know what you're talking about, Booker. Cut that out. Like, and, he's, <laughs> and Booker's just laughing. And then we get this match, and Livewire tries to do some stuff, but he's kind of mid- there was like a bear hug that lasted for like, it felt like the whole fucking match. I hate bear hugs. Please don't ever do that again. Um, but yeah, he wins with his pop up power bomb, but he does that fucking, he picks him up like a blue thunder bomb, but he just throws him. What the hell is that shit? That shit's beautiful. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it wasn't as elegant as a blue thunder bomb. It was more powerful and intimidating, but like, Dude, he's a big, strong dude. You know that they're going to keep the bear hug in his repertoire. And that was the one thing when I saw that, I was like, ooh, is this going to turn Henron against Oba Femi? Dude, that's the one thing that's going to kill me on this guy. Oh, my. Like, leg scissors, bear hugs. I, oh, my God. Just shoot me. Just fucking shoot me. And, it, well, especially against jobbers in NXT, you know that he's going to keep them. We don't, the match doesn't need to last long enough for you to hit a bear hug. You're in shape and you're big. You need to be smacking or throwing. That's all you're allowed to do. All right, so let's get to one of the other highlights of the night. The match was not the highlight. We had LWO and Carlito. Carlito was a surprise versus uh, uh, the no quarter catch crew in a six-man tag match. And... uh you know, uh, uh, Joaquin Wilde got sent into the stratosphere for, I guess it ended up being kind of like a crossbody or whatever, but they literally like slingshotted this guy off the second rope out to the entrance ramp. And that was some serious fucking airtime. Like all my thoughts were like this. Is there like a world record for springboarding like distance or something like that? I, I feel like there's not, and there should be like, I feel like what, because didn't Natalia win a Guinness world record for like most matches or something like that? I feel like there's got to be something for this other shit as well. If there, if that exists, that that's just my thought on it. But this, that was a beautiful spot. Match was made at was mid. Other than that, there was a m- missing appearance from Charlie Dempsey. I believe that's William Regal's son, who's out in Japan just stretching kids. Uh, some of his highlights uh, I've seen on the on the X, as the kids call it. Um, 
pretty pretty nasty shit out there and they gave and they gave it a shout out they said he's out there in all japan and you know that's not new japan who has a relationship with aw all japan is you know probably new japan's biggest competitor in japan if i'm not mistaken so it's interesting to see you know wwe acknowledging another wrestling company potentially somebody that they are going to work with in the future if they have their talent working for them right now so that should be so cool. that's that's the thing is i've seen rumors floating around the x that um that wwe are trying to create a partnership and relationship between them i know uh, i saw rumors that they were there was possibly going to be like a tna relationship or whatever but that doesn't sound like it's going to happen but you know, I, I don't know if this is like a Vince is gone thing, a TKO thing, you know, Triple H is actually friendly with people and Vince just hated everybody. I don't know what kind of situation it is, but yeah, it sounds like that's in the works and like clearly it's worked really well for AEW. And I actually think that that's a big reason why WWE couldn't land people like Will Ospreay because like he still wants to go and do the the new japan shows and whatnot and wwe would have never let them but if they create these relationships now this is a different story 100 percent, exactly you know triple h um back when he was heading up nxt more he wanted to put an nxt everywhere you know they wanted like their next big project was going to be like an nxt europe or nxt germany with gunther at the head of that because the guy didn't want to travel and come to america but that fell through and we see where he's at now they wanted you know nxt china and nxt brazil right but they i guess weren't able to establish the footholds in each of these areas as they wanted to but they definitely could use some talent from all japan i believe whatever recent wrestling event um i believe there was like some killer match from I don't know. I, I don't know any of these people, but some of the names ring familiar when I hear Melter talking about them frequently, like a Miyahara or something like something like that. Yeah, so I I think I think if they partnered up, it would be a little bit smarter than uh, you know trying to create an NXT there because then you're just trying to create another competitor. Whereas if you you've already got somebody with a base, you know that's a different story. Although I do really think they should bring back NXT UK. Yeah, that'd be nice. But like, and I really enjoyed it when it first started. But I felt like after a time, it just became like a weird mid show, and I completely stopped watching it. And they just. They, I don't know. I just feel like they don't put in that same effort always. Like that's kind of why like two hundred five failed and shit like that. Maybe, maybe you make it just an NXT Europe thing instead, and then you got you got everybody. But if you look at a lot of the top talent that we have right now in in WWE, a lot of it came from that NXT UK scene. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, especially you know they just kind of yoinked. That entire shit and, you know, redid where we're at right now. But that great black and gold era NXT scene is kind of what's basically hitting up our main roster aside from like the Roman, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, all right, so more stuff that we had. We had Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley, and fi- Fallon Henley finally got the best of Tiffany Stratton, and the condition was uh, Tiff is now Fallon's ranch hand. Now, I think if I recall, the stipulation was like ranch hand for a day, which I thought was dumb. It should be longer than that. They should drag the shit on. They should have segments where we've got fucking Tiff in overalls and boots shoveling shit. You know, like they should really play this up because I think that this has potential to be gold. And then I can't remember if I said this while we were recording or if I said it afterwards, but like I would love for them to turn this into something. And I I, I likened it to like an unlikely friendship like the MJF Adam Cole thing or, you know, of just like they they now become BFFs through this or something like because they've been feuding. They hate each other. This would be the perfect way they become BFFs. We get the face turn out of Tiff. And then maybe if you want to like deepen her face even more, then you have Fallon turn on her. Fallon go like, I I just think that there's so much potential here. And I think that for this to turn into a friendship from them would be like fucking gold. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity to pursue that exactly. Um, so hopefully they, you know, actually pull the trigger with that. Um, and we should get some good back backstage segments from this and it should be multiple. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it should be like on the next episode, we should have like three different scenes of her just making her life hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I even saw on, uh, on Twitter, Mickey James tweeted out something towards them of like, Hey Fallon, by the way, this, 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 and this needs to be done at the ranch for your new ranch hand. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's really play this shit up. Um, and I've seen like people posting the memes and pictures everywhere on, on Twitter and, and Tiffany did it too, of like when they had that, uh, uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie were like, reality show where they were like living on a farm and doing farm mm-hmm. shit and yeah like that was the perfect analogy like tiff doing all this stuff it's it's perfect this i think has potential to be one of the best storylines if they handle it right in nxt yeah this could be one of those things that gets us to buy back in because a lot of the stuff has uh kind of been pushing people away yeah. Speaking of uh, pushing people away, this whole situation that we've got going on with uh, uh, Ilya, so he's not actually injured. This this is indeed a a work, um, but I don't like it. Like you know, they had a medical update, and he's not going to be cleared. So and we end up. It was supposed to be Trick was getting his Iron Survivor winner match against Ilya for the title, but then Ilya wasn't cleared. So then Grayson Waller shows up, and he suggests a match, and and Mello agrees to the match for him, and is basically like, yeah, well, we can make it a number one contender match. We can we can put the Iron Survivorship on the line since Grayson Waller was the first Iron Survivor. I don't know. I didn't fucking like any of this. Um, I, I'm, I'm, they're, they're dragging out the trick mellow thing a little bit too much. Of you know, are they friends? Are they not? Did one betray the other? Are they gonna betray? Like then, then the Elia is hurt, so he can't wrestle. I, all of this stuff is really just starting to wear on me. Yeah, I think they're just. I don't know. Trying to. I don't know why they're trying to find a way to stretch 
this crap out, but whatever. I I figured Mello was going to do something at the end of this show uh, with the way things ended and the way he was just standing there, you know, looking menacingly. I don't know why he was uh, just hanging out, but didn't decide to, you know, flip out on the guy because he was just butthurt, you know, trick talking about, I want to do this on my own, et cetera, et cetera. Motherfucker, how you mad? That's the same shit you told homeboy like two months ago. Y'all had the exact same conversation, but when he flips the script, now you mad. All right, cool, whatever. Um, He's going to end up costing trick this, this championship. And I kind of felt that I did like how it was mellow like yeah yeah, no we got this yeah you know what he's willing to risk it all and he spoke for him right but that i just felt we just had that with uh like damage control right with like eo and bailey so i feel like that was still kind of fresh on my head yeah i I don't know. I just I want this to kind of be over. And then also, can we talk about the biggest fumble of anything that that happened that we're covering in this episode? The biggest fumble by WWE as a company in anything that we've probably done. How do you give Trick Willie his first piece of fucking merch and it's a shirt that says Trickin' Ain't Easy instead of Whoop That Trick? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I like the shirt plug, the crowd pop for it, but yeah, I'm like that. He's got to have a whoop that trick shit out there, they, right? Did he say first they, or did he say another? They, no, they straight up said that this is his first piece of piece of merch, and it's a tricking ain't easy shirt. And I'm like, what, dude? Whoop that trick would have sold like crazy. Yeah, like. It would have been the uh, the biggest, big, that's the dumbest thing that, I, I feel like that's some, uh, like, they're trying to hold the, hold the brother down. I, I think it's a major fumble. The only thing I can think of is that there, there could be some sort of um, rights issue, but, but. They've been saying whoop that trick the entire time. The the song whoop that trick. You got Booker T doing his ad libs. Oh yeah, man. Um it, there, mean, there can't be an issue there, or else they would have fucking axed it already. We saw with the Yeet thing, they axed that shit real quick. Maybe they're just scared, dude. They don't want people thinking they support violence on women. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, you kind of do have a good point there. Because, like, if you, if you didn't know anything about wrestling, which, you know, not everybody does, and your shirt says, whoop that trick, my first thought in my head would be like, he's talking about, I would know pimping and beating a woman more than I would know, oh, Trick Williams, NXT, in the real world. <laughs> All right, you actually have a really good point there that I may have overlooked. My my wrestling knowledge superseded my uh, pimping knowledge. 
That shit's hilarious. They should still, like, don't be pussies. I'm sure they've had worse shirts out there. They've had the suck it shirts and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm like, I think yeah, and, okay. and at this point, we're literally, the company is run by two dudes from Degeneration X. You know what I mean? Like, they should be all right. But I, we had some other random shit happen here. We had, uh, you know, a family accepting an OTM match. We had a couple people entering for the Dusty Cup. One unlikely tag team that we're getting is uh, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. Like, I, I don't know. I, I actually don't see how they would lose if they teamed up. Um, that, that sounds like, especially in the context of NXT, a really overpowered fucking tag team. I'm like kind of excited and I kind of hope they do team because I want to see an end of days spear combo finisher. Don't know how they would pull that off, but I feel like that would be fire. Either that or like spear deep six. Like like he spears him and then he like gets thrown into the air almost and he picks him up into a spin or something. Like what the hell? I I was thinking the spear as they're coming down. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That would probably end somebody's life. So I don't don't know. (laughs) That's that shit I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to see. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Um, But yeah, that that was pretty much it. You got anything else to add? Um, I mean, we got that weird uh, Ariana Grace, Roxanne. Yeah, I, I tried to pretend that it didn't exist. I tried. I tried to like just erase that. Dude, this that ending was so whack. Like I'm watching it with my girl. Normally, she doesn't like react to much, and you know, she like uh, Perez is just beating her ass. You know, I guess the ref's telling her to stop, and she won the match, but the ref overturned it because she kept beating her up too hard after the match. And even my girl in the background, she's like, "What the hell is that shit?" <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I haven't looked around at reports of, about what happened with that. I don't know if that was planned. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but it was just dumb. And honestly, like Ariana Grace does not do it for me. Like, uh, she's. Yeah, she's she's really annoying, you know, and I would like to think that, yes, I can acknowledge my like gut, guttural reactions of disliking somebody because they've done a good job of being a heel and whatnot. Like like with Dom, like I don't like Dom, but I respect Dom. You may not hear me say that very often, so, you know, you might want to like write this date down or something, but I do respect Dom and, and the way that he's cultivated his heat and whatnot. And there, there are some people that I don't like that I, I respect in that. And then there are some people that I don't like that I just don't think are good at really like anything like, like Zia Lee <laughs> and, and Ariana Grace is like kind of starting to fall into that category for me. Yeah. And I don't know what she was wearing. But her, uh, her ring gear, it looked like it had, like the spot. There was like gold patches on it, right? So it was supposed to be like gold flakes, I assume. But the coloration, it looked like doo doo stains, like on her, <laughs> on her ring gear. And I was like, like girl, like that's not it. You need to talk to somebody. Don't ever wear that doo doo ring gear again. Um, but my only small notes uh, for the rest of the show, we get to see. I think Nathan Frazier and Axiom as a tag team, which I think they'd be a fun tag team together. I don't know who those two black guys were uh, that they were talking to. I, I will never remember their names, 
Um, uh, Malik Blade and Edris Inofe. There you go. I knew it was something fancy-ish, but I I don't even know if I've really seen them wrestle. So interested. Obviously, we're probably going to get them uh, wrestling sometime in the uh, Dusty, which I'm excited to see. I, I love tag team shit. Uh, and usually the Dusty Tournament on NXT is like fucking quality content. So super excited for that. Um, and I think we're going to end up getting... Um, oh, wow. Major brain fog moment. Um, Duke Hudson teaming with Riley Osborne because Andre Chase said that he's not going to be in it. So I'm like, okay, so we're, are we going to get Duke Hudson and Riley Osborne? Is that is that what this is going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Chase wanted to be in it, but what's her name? JC Jane took his balls and she's running everything now. She said, you can't focus on two things at once. Your main focus is your debt. I'm going to take Chase you and I'm going to take it from the depths and bring it to the top. And she said, Osborne and Big Duke, they're going to be in the Dusty Classic while... Andre, you need to go work on your credit score, boy. It's kind of what she said to him. <laughs> Jace you. Yeah, I I I don't know. Maybe maybe this is one way of trying to save it cuz I do find the JC Jane Thea Hale shit more interesting than the Chase you stuff. So maybe she like I don't know, turns it into some sort of like heel, I don't know. I still am disappointed with how that whole thing was fucking handled. Yeah, and the only last thing that I'm going to mention on this entire show is, I guess, Ava Rain. She's just part of the office now. She just got an, an administrative job. Like, <laughs> is that what's going on? Hey, you know, you, you got to uh, you got to get that paycheck somehow, I guess. That's wild. Like, she really was like, yeah, I just, you know, kind of been helping out backstage. And, you know, and we got we, we're starting the Dusty uh, tag tournament next week so I, I hope my my things really excite you guys and i'm like was she taking over like what the hell Are you, you ain't wrestling i was you're supposed to be a good guy now by the way you're not like a fucking cold psychopath like you were not too long ago what and then that job of, changed her man yeah and speaking of cold psychopath homeboy was just randomly in their trunk and then they introduced a girl who wasn't in like a, the women's breakout tournament where she probably should have been if you're introducing a new woman or a new woman. And now we're just going to like see who this random chick is, I guess. With the family. Oh, uh, uh, Adriana. Yeah. Ad yeah. They didn't even give her a last name. Just Adriana. Yeah. No, that, uh, uh, Adriana Rizzo. There we go. Oh, there you That's go. Rizzo. It. Yeah. They mentioned the Riz. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I I approve uh, approve of a uh, Italian female presence in the family. Should be interesting. I think they're trying to make us care more about them, but they've haven't. I for, I keep the cha the champions are kind of lackluster right now. Honestly, uh, Dragonov maybe not necessarily, but the other the other champions that they're almost forgettable. The way they're treating him, yeah. Yeah, so I... I uh, Lyra has to be a transitional one. Maybe she's just going to hang on to the belt and, you know, and, until... Uh, I hope she doesn't hang on to it until Julia. I hope somebody else fucking strips it from her. 
I don't know. That that's how they got to have this Tatum Paxley situation pay off. Like t- Paxley's got to cost Lyra the belt at some point. No. Yeah, they got this weird little thing they got going on stalker shit. Fallon Henley's really been growing on me in in ring. I, I think that she's gotten a lot better recently. I wouldn't mind like Paxley costs uh uh Lyra the belt while simultaneously the newfound friendship Tiff helps her win the belt. That could be nice. Uh it would be nice. She has gotten a lot better inside the ring, and it would be nice to actually see them give her something because she kind of has just been a middle tier character and it's like they kind of needed to give her something because you're getting to the point where it's like you know it's it's almost going to be time to move her up and she's not really even played both sides of it let alone really won anything important yeah so at this point you know let it let it happen all all i know is that when julie does come she's going to get the belt like her first match and then uh, basically hold on to the belt until they decide to move her up to the main roster as they should yeah, excited for that. But that's all we got, folks. Take us home, my dog. Well, here we are once again, and we thank you all for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time with some heat Monday Night Raw action, where I believe there was a return of CM Punkerton. So eager to see what he has to say. But until then, y'all stay safe and enjoy the day. Peace, Peace.